Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gig Economy, the Gig App Podcast by Para. We've had a few different names, so bear, just bear with me. Um, a live weekly show where we cover all things gig related. Um, we're trying to end out the year with companies that we believe in and the CEOs of those companies, like Delivered. Um, we have today's guest, we have some other guests, we have um, Gridwise, just companies that we respect and like what they're doing. Um, so good evening, David. Thank you for uh, joining. Obviously, David and I co-host this. Before I introduce this week's awesome guest, um, David, can we give a quick, because I've had a lot of questions asked, can we give a quick update on Parapass? I mean, Pulse? Or... Pulse. <laughs> yeah. There's just too many para yeah. things. Para yeah, I, I know. I told people that it was going to come out Monday. <laughs> I think we just had a bit of a comedy of errors with the App Store, basically. So uh, on our perspective, we've had to go back with updating some language, updating some settings. And my belief is it's going to be out tomorrow. Fingers crossed it's being submitted for review. And unless something goes wrong, it'll be available in the app. So I think what you'll see is just on the home screen that will say Pulse. Mm -hmm. and Click it and look at it, basically. Uh, you can link your accounts. If you link accounts, it adds to the Pulse map, basically. Uh, but that should really be it. The first version of launch is just super simple. You'll be able to see what other drivers in your area are getting as pings within a 40 by 40 mile radius around you, basically. So. Right. But so as, as I understand it, I mean, and obviously things get log jammed over at Apple too, but like, with the on the android side i know this for a fact like i don't even know if there's any checks because i've had things that people have wanted me to test that just don't work but on the apple side they're very strict so they i don't are, know if it gets, it's, often it's, happens but they sort of pulled us out for a screen that hasn't changed in like a year but you know it's a different reviewer every time and that's fine you know yeah. apple does a good job trying to make sure that they protect the privacy of people and we very much agree with that so i'm not upset about it it's just delayed us a couple of days so you know sure. Hold, it, hold me to it tomorrow. We'll be out tomorrow. So you guys, Parapulse, um, you know, should hopefully it's out tomorrow. You know, I mean, it's it's just kind of a waiting game with Apple now. So, um, but it'll be soon. I'm I'm sure. So, but today, David and I are joined by the one and only Mr. Joel Shiro, CEO and founder of Dumpling. You guys know how I love Dumpling too. So don't. <laughs> This is it's always a it's always a pleasure for me to have Joel. So Joel, welcome. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, too, before we jump in, Joel, it has Joel's up in Seattle. Um, he's very involved in some of the things like that Sergio and we talk about about the legislation and stuff up there. Um, the town hall we had here with Stephanie Vigil. Uh, he ended up speaking with her, and so he's he's not just running the dumpling company; he's also making sure that gig workers are being taken care of. Um, so, humanitarian award too, I guess. I don't know. Great company, great guy. Um, always, always enjoy your 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 company, Joel. So, uh, but thank you everyone for tuning in as well. I will get to the chat here in a little bit to give you guys some time to roll in. Um, but please post any questions as we go or anything relating to dumpling. So while we have Joel here today, we can ask him. Um, but so I've got it kind of bullet pointed, Joel, where we can just kind of walk through some of this. Because I, again, like I told you before we started, I noticed a big change on the website, on the yeah. landing page. And not for the bad. It just it was like, okay, cool. I'm, I like this. I dig this. Yeah. So we'll get, I'm going to save that for a minute here. and Because okay. I think we should start with the more traditional dumpling. You know, because even that I kind of found buried in the in the website now. <laughs> like, yeah. Not buried, but you had to. That used to yeah, be. Yeah, it's not thing. at the top. It's not. At yeah, the top. it's not at the yeah. top. Um, so for those of you that are wondering, dumpling is it is the it is the good witch against the bad witch of Instacart. So if Instacart's the bad witch, <laughs> dumpling is the good witch. <laughs> However, it's different. Okay, so don't expect if you want to get involved with dumpling, don't expect to be fed jobs. However, they we will get to a, a, um, a point about talking about marketplace, but um, you do find your own clients, you know, like and I'm I've been doing it for a while. You don't have to have 800 to do well with it. That's something I've noticed. You know, if you have one client, 
I mean, that's that alone is great. You know, I, I have five right now and not all of them are as consistent. Two are weekly. The other, you know, but they but they all treat me well. They all tip me after the fact. And I don't know what it is about dumpling, but that the people I talk to all say the same. I never really hear tip complaints or anything like that. Like, dear, nobody ever tips me. Like, People set their amounts and, you know, it's it, um, you can connect any store. You can do anything with dumpling. And I want to be careful about this because I've, I've said this before, but like when you're using the dumpling app, if you need to go out and do a shop for somebody, you can go do four shops for them. Like I, I have a client where I do a PetSmart, I do a Sprouts, I do a King Supers, which is gross. Nice. And, you know, that ends up being a very extremely worthwhile time for me, really helps this person out because I'm, I'm knocking out some serious um, time of their chores. And, you know, I think Joel, initially the team at, at Dumpling 2 talked me down a little bit from um, maybe uh, having the amount set too high. You know what I mean? On the <laughs> thing, go a little lower on the university team. Yeah. And I was like, well, wait, but I, I want this. Amount. And they're it's, like, we'll, we'll get more on the tips if you take it. And, and they were yeah. right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always a fine line, right? Because I, I think that the, uh, you know, the trade-off is, especially for, for someone that's doing this work and is professional grocery delivery, you can maximize a single kind of job and, and get as much as you can for one time. And then on the other side of that can be, hey, when people look back and they say, hey, I, you know, I just got $150 of groceries, but it costs this much. Um, how much am I willing to do that every week or every other week? And, and so one thing that we always try to kind of help people look at is kind of the lifetime value of a customer and pricing your services in that sweet spot where you need to get paid a fair wage and you need to be paid for your work and your time and your energy. Um, and clearly that's not going to happen with most gig apps and things like that. And certainly not on any kind of, um, I'd say, reliable basis. And you also want to do it in a way where your customers also say, hey, this is valuable. This is worthwhile. And I want to do it every other week. And, and if you can find that kind of sweet spot and that customer that appreciates it, it really ends up being kind of a, a valuable and a, a good kind of uh, long-term relationship uh, with your customers. And when you don't have to spend the time getting to know someone and marketing and find someone and realizing what their routine is and how to get in their house and what kind of things, then you can really get efficient at it and, uh, and start to make a lot more money. I got to tell you, when I first, I mean, I interviewed Joel for the first time way back. Long time ago. It's Yeah. I mean, like David, I had you on my fifth podcast. I believe I had Joel on like my 25th. Like it was like that long ago. So how many, how many has it been now, Steve? Like 300 or something? 300 is Monday with Sergio. Hey, there you go. Wow. So yeah, it's been a congratulations. It's, it's like my age. It just goes up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but with the dumpling app too. So okay, it's not feeding you customers, you guys, but uh, like I was saying, get a couple. They I've I've only had like I had one that I did a, a work for twice and then they stopped using me, but it wasn't me and they didn't go to another shopper. They just stopped using the app. Um, all my other shoppers have stuck with me. I mean, like they love it because they're like, oh, dude, I, I'm not ever using anything again. I mean, literally those kind of words every time. Like, wait, you're going to be around. I get you every time, even after I explain it and then do the shop and they're and they're and they're happy. They're like, this is great. And so every time they open the app, it's me. It's yeah. not like searching for a rider. It's like me. And it shows my times. You can do thing features like set up where you'll be. So if somebody wants to try and add on an order while I'm at that store, they can. Um, you can set your times. You can easily take time off. You just got to do it correctly so your clients know you're gone. Um, you know, it's it, there's just so many cool features. And it does. It is true independent contractorship, you guys. But that said, there's also Dumpling Marketplace. And I will say that, you know, there used to be more Dumpling shoppers in my area. And now I do actually see or get contacted by a couple people on Marketplace where I didn't before. Maybe that's also because I have more reviews and whatnot. I don't know. But yeah. um, for whatever reason, you know, I have been and I, have, I wasn't seeing that before. And so I started and I also noticed, and I will say this to anybody out there, I also noticed that um, you do need to add every zip code. 
because I had mine. And so it was just in yeah. the beginning, it was just like, oh, you're. Well, you know why we did that? Because we, we used to have like the old school, what's your home zip code? And then what's the radius around that? And as the bird flies, isn't always uh, very convenient if you're not wanting to go to downtown or if you have a lake and you have to go over bridges to get to the other side. And so what we found is being able to kind of build your delivery zone by zip code really allowed people to kind of customize exactly the areas that they wanted to to do jobs in and the areas that they wanted to avoid uh but it it, it took a while to get there because it was it wasn't the easiest thing to uh, uh to figure out how to build technically for our team yeah, I, yeah. I, I was looking at sort of steve's profile before we all got on here. i thought <laughs> that he actually has like two distinct zones basically yeah. right? So, right well so that's why i need so that's what i'm saying david because denver's big i need to go in and add everyone you know, yeah. but and like and like Joel said, there's a couple that I don't want to go to, and this kind of makes it easy because I can actually just take that zip coded area and just not add that one. Yeah. yeah, and you do it once, right? It takes it does take some time, and you have to kind of find a map that has all the zip codes in your area and look at it and add them. But once you have it set up, then you're you know I think it pays dividends. But I, I love after that. Y'all are doing what all the major gig apps should do, right? Like allowing people to decide where they want to be their service area, where they want yeah. to do work with, right? I think that actually has a bit of a parallel to one of the features we yeah. have. We have a feature in sort of auto decline for DoorDash oh, for Uber Eats left where it's basically like, I don't want to leave this mileage radius or I only I don't want to go to these zip codes. Basically. Oh nice. And it and it'll figure that out in the time that you have to accept or decline and well, no, but you can also set your parameters and then just it just does it so you don't have to sit there and watch 10,000 bad orders. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so you I don't want to go more than two miles. I don't want to take anything under five bucks. I don't want to take something that says McDonald's, right? Uh, yeah. You can, yeah, you can you can name places. <laughs> no wonder so many people are using you guys now. That's that's fantastic. I mean, or the or 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 a feature, Joel, that we have flagging. Before we go more into dumpling, we have a flagging feature. I think you'd appreciate this. You can flag, um, you know, locations. This is an apartment. There's nowhere to park. Don't come here. This person doesn't tip. I don't want him again. Um, so that it. when that when another ping from them comes through, you see it drop down your notes. But I think I bring it up because I think you know what we've always done when we build these features is frankly I've always said like I wish there was a world in which I didn't have to build these features and Para didn't have to build these features because frankly the platforms that you work on should just have this built in and allow you to do that and that's what you've done right you've done what we've said people like you know platforms should do and I guess with that I guess one I think it's awesome but two just I always find this interesting like how did you decide to build this basically like how yeah. did the dumpling come around why are, why are you here joel like how yeah that? well it it was kind of kind of like you uh like your motivation in the in the sense that we we tried other things when we originally started way back when we were a very different dumpling but um one of the things we tried to do was to kind of be a somewhat of like a glass door for for non kind of traditional work. So if you were doing hourly work and and you know you go on Glassdoor and it's always this did you get stock options? What do you think about the CEO? And and in reality if you're doing hourly work and shift work, did you get like scheduled, you know, just enough hours not to qualify for um any kind of uh, benefits or did you get like the graveyard shift and the and the and the morning shift right back to back and um and so a lot of the what we we're trying to do is just advocate uh, for people that didn't have a voice and, and we we're trying to collect ideas and, and do that. And what we had no idea and didn't expect was kind of overnight, um, we started having hundreds and hundreds of gig workers that started using the site and just posting like insane stories about what they had to deal with and, and uh, how pay was changing and how they were being forced to take jobs or like risk and deactivated. And, and just like story after story. And, and so where we first started was we started just like doing things like doing pay trackers and, and, and helping gather data and writing articles and sharing that out and being like, look at this like insane, like underbelly of the gig economy and all the stuff that's, you know, being like just completely exploitive of the workers that are making it happen. So that, that's where we started where we got to was it didn't matter. It didn't make one damn bit of difference. Like no one was going to change. It was growing. Um, and, uh, and so kind of the, the conclusion that we came to kind of as a team and where to focus was, we just got to do something completely fundamentally different. And, and our belief was kind of 
exactly of uh, the, the ideas that that you're implementing and talking about with para is that the, the system and the way the gig economy works is inherently screwed and um and so we just believe that we have to come up with a completely different methodology of doing it um and and steve you, you talked about like how your customers keep coming back and how great that is kind of our belief was and then talking to so many and instacart was by far the most egregious offender i mean we had so we had I, stories I love, about I love it I love we this. had stories love about it. everyone, but God, <laughs> the stuff we were hearing about Instacart and, and the people that like just incredible people all over the country that were just getting completely screwed. And and and, uh, and so the, I think the thing that quickly we realized, so we spent time with hundreds or thousands of shoppers for, for, for years, just kind of learning their stories. And we were doing pay trackers and just seeing you know, enter a market start pay up here and then quickly do, you know, enter another market, pay up here. And you could just see kind of what was going on. Um, but over and over again, we heard like the best people, like they were always being asked, how do I get you next time? Like, I, I'm so sick of getting some dud that's going to come up and then getting you and then a dud and then a dud, like, how do I get you? And, and what, what became apparent to us, and, and I think it's just an obvious statement was, the gig economy wants to anonymize the workers and make it seem like the workers, there's no difference between anyone and everything. But the, the reality of it is, is the people that are shopping for your food, the people that are doing errands for you, the people that are coming into your house are everything. And, and, and so our whole thing was, is like, instead of building an app to tell you what to do and to do this and do this, it's like, how do we just build an app that supports what you're doing that lets you like get rid of all the, technical things that you don't know how to do and all the decisions that you know that that are hard and helps you there but at the end of the day it's your business and you're running it and fundamentally if you're in control of your pricing if you're in control of the services and the clients that you work we can never like make a wrong turn and go down an alley where we decide we're gonna like reduce your your pay by 50 percent. and so like part of the way we structured it was to really empower the 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 workers because they're doing everything and part of it was to build a system that that wouldn't allow us to even like be able to do those things um and um and i think kind of similarly uh, so like how do we create an alternative to the gig work and and i love what you guys are doing how do you almost put a middle layer in to filter out and like limit that stuff and, and i think the stuff that i've been doing for the last three years with the office of labor standards and the advisor committee I out is, is kind of the same thing as like i'm gonna spend some time building and working with our team to, to, to build a different alternative. And at the same time, knowing that the gig economy and the gig companies are continue to do what they do. And, and not everyone is going to be able to, or, or want to start their own company and there's going to, or even know that that's an option. So they're going to go down that path. So how do we also work on laws and regulations and things like that to limit kind of the, the bad capabilities of the, of, of, of the bad witches, uh, to, to exploit people. And, uh, and so it's kind of been a two pronged approach and, and I really love what you guys are talking about and, and doing as well. Cause I think the, the commonality is how do you empower, um, the workers to, to be able to figure out what they want, what they don't want and what's worth their while. Yeah. And I really love what you said. There's like, well, we found also just like, you know, good gig workers are good, right? Good workers are bad. Good. And some people aren't that good, basically, but it's sort of unfair when everyone's just lumped into sort of being the same there, right? Yeah, like, exactly. When I worked at Uber, we had a lot of that request, right? Being like, hey, can I get the same Uber driver? Hey, I'm here for a bachelorette party for the weekend. We really love this Uber black driver. Can we just book him again every trip? Yeah. Basically, yeah. and then we considered that a lot internally at Uber, but the answer was always that ruins marketplace dynamics, right? And yeah. friction leads to less matching. And basically the answer Well, you was, could also, you also definitely would probably have an issue of people learning on their own to go do what Joel kind of did. Like, hey man, why yeah. don't you just call me from now on and not go through Uber? <laughs> you know, like, sort of, but I think the bigger risk was more, the bigger risk was basic. Um, one, you should be able to do that. If you're an independent contractor, you used to deactivate. Yeah, people. I know. But yeah. we know yeah. Uber does everything they can to make it so... But the reality is you want to know why we didn't do it, right? The answer is why we didn't do it was what we learned was the biggest predictor on whether it takes, someone takes Uber or Lyft is the ETA. So anything that drives that ETA up even half a minute or a minute is no good, yeah. basically, right? So that's really the answer is like, hey, we know that people would want this, drivers would want this, passengers would want this, but it's not in our interest to allow yeah. this. And, right? and, 
that that's such a good point. And we actually, you know, we have like amazing advisors and different people we've talked to. And, and I remember early on people saying like, you're going to have to pick one or the other. It's a really hard thing to say that you're in it to support and build a platform for the workers. And at the same time saying like, you're going to be a, a marketplace because it's, it's kind of one or the other. And, and so, and we had our foot in both and we, we, you know, we learned some hard things and, you know, we made some mistakes and we tried some different things, but it, it really is a hard thing to balance. And so ultimately where I think we've ended up as a company after some zigs and some zags is to say, Hey, we're, we're primarily always going to be focused on, on the, the service provider on the, what we will call like business owners, local business owners. Um, and we want to augment that with a marketplace. And we want to, like you're talking about, Steve, when you have really good uh, reviews and you have, you know, like great profile and people are like all these stars and all these things, then it's, it's super easy um, because then people can come to it and find it. But you, you get into this really tricky place where if you're spending time as a company, promoting the marketplace and come find and that's expensive that's where the ads come in and and now all of a sudden it's like okay well we just spent a lot of time and energy like getting this customer and they're going to come to person a and person a is like i I just didn't do it or they flaked on it and now you have to kind of do sticks and carrots and like it it really was for us it 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 kind of put us in a in a place where we were doing the the very thing that we didn't want to do like you know and 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 so that it, it's, and at the same time, there's amazing people that are running their business that really benefit from the marketplace and it can be good. So that's been, that's been kind of a constant thing to try to, to figure out what's the right balance, what's the right area. So I'd, I'd say, if, you know, we're probably more 75%, 80% on like the tools and just what do you need to go and market and what do you need to make decisions to like group, group things together in the same zip code and find people and have a website. Uh, and I would say maybe 20% on, you know, being for taking advantage and being fortuitous with the, the marketplace, but not going out there and spending a ton of money and marketing. So now we have to, to play the sticks and carrots game with, with people. That speaks a lot to me because we've done this initiative called ParaWorks, where we say like, hey, can we find mm-hmm. other good paying work and put that in front of the workers on our systems? You can say no. Well, I guess what the philosophy is saying, the best way to say no to bad trips from the major platforms is if you have other good trips, basically. Right. So we've gone in and we basically said, hey, can we work a lot of drivers like catering, right? So lunch catering, dinner catering, office catering, it mm-hmm. pays well, it pays quite a bit more than the regular trips. So we went in and started offering these, but I hear you very much in that there's a bit of a slippery slope, right? It's like, okay, now exactly what you said, somebody no-showed, somebody dropped it last second. How do you then go get somebody to go pick that up last second? Yeah. All of that. yeah. We spent a lot of time trying to think through like uh, what is a system which can still allow people to get this good work, but that is fair, doesn't have that slippery slope. I think what we decided on was basically, look, you can cancel up to any point, up to three hours beforehand. Uh, You can cancel at any point. And and with a slap on the wrist type penalty, it's like 72 hours that you won't get an offer. Mm. But if you completely no show, then you're just off. Basically, and I love and I love and I love this because I used to run a bar and I used to you know I didn't do three strikes, but I always gave one. You know, if you if you no showed, I'd call I'd call you and say I want you here at three tomorrow. If they didn't show, they were fired. But if they showed up, I gave them one warning. But it's not even at a warning point anymore because this is why DoorDash is losing the catering space, is because they allow ten percent unassignments. And those on assignments can be moved over to catering orders. So how do you feel if you've ordered a thousand dollars worth of food for like Joel and I are, are good friends. I know Joel has a son who d- is doing track. Let's say there's a big track meet. You've ordered a thousand dollars worth of food. And it just, not only is it late and, or it's reassigned to somebody else, it just doesn't show. Yeah. And they're, and they don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it, are you, are you going to go back to that company? Not a chance. Yeah, it, it, it's really a, and, and that's where ultimately we decided it's like, how do we just give, what are the tools that people need to, to, to really run their business and be successful um, and, and go out and promote or find those, those, those things that that's kind of where we've erred on. And at the same time, we do have an ability as a, you know, as a, as a national company and, you know, a little bit more visibility and things like that to, to try to like stimulate uh, and, and, and bring people in and find, um, and, and find someone that's amazing and, and find a local shopper that, you know, is going to give them 10 times better service and longevity than, 
random person potentially that's going to show up um, from one of the gig apps. Um, this fine line for sure. Yeah. So I was going to say that, you know, it's, it's funny because I've always, you know, I've always said that once you guys met, I knew this would align, but it's, I'm even hearing it align more. Like um, when I heard David just recently or just a minute ago talking about ParaWorks, I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking about what you said about, you know, what if, a, what if a shopper doesn't show? Yeah, it still reflects on the dumpling platform, but really there's a difference because the dumping dumpling shopper, let's say me, since I actually do it, um, that's on me. I'm now, I now lost a client. Yeah. So like, I mean, did it hurt dumpling? Maybe a little, but not like, not like the way the other apps are. It's more like I'm really going to get a beating on this one. Yeah, and and that's and that's, that's how it should be. I'm, that's how it, it should be. It, exactly. I, I and I think that that's where you know, and and kind of reference. We've had our ups and downs and our challenges, uh, of course, but especially, you know, we blew up during COVID, uh, grocery delivery, you know, gig apps and things like that, and the the amount of people, both from shoppers and kind of customers, that came onto the platform. It was crazy, right? So we were like doubling every two days, and you know, like it's, it's just, it just. But we had so many people that were signing up that didn't even understand that there was a difference, um, right? And so some people like didn't even didn't even realize because there were also like Instacart and Amazon were full, so all of a sudden people were coming and just getting orders. So it felt a little bit like just like a normal gig uh, app. But as after you know that kind of we rode that wave and then rode it the other way. I think that's really where we figured out, like, we're not a platform for everyone. You know, this is not the equivalent of sign up for, for DoorDash and, and just have things come. And there's a subset of people um, where it's, it's a horrible app for them. It's a horrible platform for them because they, you know, they're not going to do the work to, to, to really win a customer over or find a customer. Um, and, and it's just not going to be a good experience for them. It's going to be hard on us as a company. It's going to be hard on the customers. And there's a subset of people that take a lot of pride and ownership in their work. They value the relationships with the people that they shop for and they do these jobs for. And so part of where we've really had to steer and learn and evolve to is just how do you like make people understand, like, if this is you, if this is the type of like personality you are, and this is the type of work that you're putting, this is going to be a fantastic platform for you. And if you're expecting this, just let's, like let's not waste anyone's time. We're, we're not going to be a good fit. Um, and yeah. uh, I, if you're yeah, not I, if you're not a hustler, and I mean by that I mean like you're going to make. First of all, I can say this now because I've been doing it long enough that you're going to make way better money on dumpling once you have some clients. Way better money, um, if as long as you set it up right. Now again, I didn't hit on marketplace enough. So what marketplace does? I only we only talked about the zip codes, but what it does is it allows people once I enter those to be able to see, oh, he shops my zone and I'll show up on a dumpling search. So if somebody does and they're just looking in Denver, they will find me if I list that zone. Yeah. Also, there's perks that we've talked about before, but I'll just quickly mention them. Like if you are a certain way, like I think one time we talked about like um, um, maybe a, a person that was like a sport, uh, uh, like a gym enthusiast. And he was like, you know, he, he had a lot of clients that he also was like training. He was like a trainer. And so he had like this great diet or if like you're paleo or if you're, if you eat, um, you know, you're, you have a very select diet, you can put those in your dumpling profile. And then when people find you and, and you're like, I eat paleo, but like you, you're willing to shop for whatever they want. If they want me, you'll go shop for me. But yeah. if you eat paleo and you put a little bit of you into that profile, you might get clients on that. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it really is. And on so many different levels, there's, yeah, there's like, I understand this diet. I can help pick the great things out that are going to fit with this diet. There's just familiarity. Think about people that, that run daycares is a huge business, right? They're, they're typically ordering from Costco and have huge amounts. And Costco is one of the probably biggest markups on Instacart and some of the other ones. It's huge amounts of money. And now you're having random people that are showing up at your daycare during the day. So imagine the benefit of knowing who that shopper is when they're coming in and, 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 and bringing your things, families with special needs um, in them and, and familiarity of how to like come and approach the door or just people that want to kind of interact with, with, 
with people that they know and trust and and know how they they want a certain thing and that that's really i think the 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 place where it really shines is when just the person is is putting a lot into it and they're putting it in their relationship it's such a good deal compared to you know like people are so high. and that's where we're like you're gonna dave if you do see if you do a good job like you're gonna get a great tip and and it, it, it's not required you know like if you put beforehand no, no. i get gonna, i get extra tips on almost every order yeah so my my even my clients know i don't know why they just put 20 percent or whatever but yeah. every time they extra tip yeah. me yeah and they feel good about it right when when it's their decision to be like this was amazing i'm going to give you an extra tip versus this service was 50% markup instead of 25% markup over or something like that. It just, it ends up being the same, but the mentality of like this decision to do it. And then of course, you you know, as a platform, we just try to make it so it's, you know, it can't get forgotten about Here's a reminder of you tipped yet and, uh, and, and different things like that. But uh, yeah, the mentality of things really does play a um, play into a lot of these kind of results for people. And so I know David had a question on this too, and I want to mention something. So I have customers here, not every state does this, but like, so King Supers is Kroger out here in Denver, in Colorado. So, and City Market is Kroger too. So I have customers who want me to shop at King Supers. When I do, they can use their digital coupons. They can use their coupons. They can get their gas points. They can get, I mean, I can enter their phone number, which gets them out here, get some gas points. Doesn't happen in every state. You're getting in-store prices. I mean, and David had a question about how you, because I, I can add any store I want. I can add things that aren't even there. And like, if need be, I can just talk to somebody at Dumpling. That's kind of the co- type of company it is. It's like, hey, I want to I shop at this butcher shop and they're not really on anything. You know, and it's... I, to that, to me, that's huge. It's like that's like you can keep it local. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do the inventories, Joel? Or like how? Do yeah. You know? that, we, David, that's that we have we have gone in many different directions and spent a lot of time on this. And ultimately, uh, it's a combination. We've had partnerships with major um, with major grocery stores that have reached out and said, "Hey, we'd love to like sync our database." And um, that it, and you know that's always a good thing. But ultimately, where we ended up is. If your partner or you're like someone in your family or your, you know, your roommate is going to store, you can write them a list or you can text them a list and they're going to know exactly what to get to. So we could spend a lot of time like chasing down, having the perfect catalog and things like that. And then you look at inflation and how quickly prices can change. You look at the difference in a price, even if you have Kroger or Albertsons or whatever, you know, the difference in price in Hawaii versus the the difference. And it's just like, it's just an endless, completely like just hole that you can chase. Uh, and so where we've really tried to, to, to lean on is look, people are smart. <laughs> Your shopper is smart. Um, we can give you tools. And one of the things that we recently uh, launched was basically, uh, you know, at first we were like, okay, we had all these catalogs and, you know, we get them in different places. Um, but, and then we always had a write-in. Just like, hey, just write in what you want. If it's not in here, just write in what you want. And that write-in might be like, hey, Steve, can you let my dog out afterwards and the key and I'll throw in an extra 50 bucks? Like if yeah. people use it for for anything they want. But oftentimes yeah. they'll 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 put um they'll put put kind of like, hey, can you go to the store and you know get me like whatever the fresh fish is, like get me that, you know, if they get that deal. Um, what we've started to do that people have loved is really kind of build on that write-in. Um, and so just recently the team added uh, like an awesome capability to use image search. So now you can just say, I want to write in and then actually like go and have like a Google go out and like index, all, or not index, but search all these things. Say, yep, that's the thing I want, boom. So you can imagine like, I want to get a Captain Crunch and then just here's a, an image from the web that this is the one I want or fish or some. So we just try to make it kind of an open platform where people can just, the, the end goal is to make it easy for them to communicate what they want you to get. That makes sense. Um, so you're like, you can put in the custom pricing, you can put in the custom item and you're just. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, Joel, I can pull up or have a client pull up King Supers or Safeway or whatever. And they do see the items, the, probably the national average type thing. And of course that varies, but here's a big difference with dumpling too, is that not only do they, not only is it acceptable, it's required that you give the customer the receipt, take a picture of the receipt. And that's huge because Instacart says, don't do that. Don't give them the receipt. 
yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's basically one of the big things that for us has just been huge. And even when it gets into the marketplace dynamics of who do you show and who do you not show, our thing from the very beginning is let's just be transparent. Let's just like where do the fees go? This this says this is actually a platform fee that this is where Dumpling makes its money. This yeah. goes to your shopper, you know, like uh, because this is how they make their money. This, you know, this pays credit card fees. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit like, yeah, there's a lot to be a lot. You know, it's easier if you can. But we're like, look, we're just always going to err on the side of just putting it all out there. Um, and um, and uh, and I think it's the same thing with receipts with receipts is long, long ago. It's just we you know, it's generally the bigger the order, the more time you spent shopping. Right. And And so one of the things but then there's like credit cards and that changes like credit card fees and things like that so where we evolved to is just like if people price and they have the ability to do ten dollars and fifteen dollars we've kind of given them every every like tool you want to price your services but in general if you just say i'm going to charge fifteen dollars to go to the store for you and they ask you to go get five hundred dollars of stuff you have you're losing out big time um and and so the model that really works that we found is have a just get a percent if it's 18%, 20%, whatever the store total is, then your markup for the service to go and shop and bring it to the house and everything is 18 or 20%. And you are going to get all the benefits of, of the sales at the store, the two for ones. Like if I have a card that can run and make the prices go down, and then here's a picture of the receipt so that you're just accountable to that. And everything's transparent and that that really has ended up being the pricing model that the vast majority of people use and as you do more work you get paid more and then also like we've evolved to say okay but sometimes if you're only getting 10 percent and they want you to go across town to get a snickers bar that kind of sucks so we've kind of combined that with a minimum of like you can put in to say hey if i'm going to go to the store with you it's 20 bucks at a minimum but if it if it ends up being a big price and over 20 bucks at 18 percent of of the total then then we're going to do that yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I think that I just love the full transparency too. Yeah. I know that's something that y'all supported sort of uh, the bill with Stephanie in Denver. We did, obviously, Steve was also a big proponent. Yeah. What's crazy to me, that was really what we were trying to push forward was just like, you just show transparency. Everybody knows how much everyone makes out of this. And people didn't want that. People didn't, really yeah. didn't want that, right? Yeah. Uh, so we do have a question in sort of the comments section here, I think from Mr. DSN. Sort of yeah, that's that's type. Derek. Derek, he's here in Denver. Uh, are there hey, any store types or product types that are not allowed? Yes. So basically, um, the the limitations come from like the platform that we use for credit card processing. Um, so it's going to be uh, liquor stores and like tobacco stores, and then oddly enough, like some weird things like that are in there. Uh, some that make sense, some that don't. I think like sex toys is in there, but it's essentially <laughs> it's essentially kind of a a, a pass through of our credit card processing rules. Um, so the vast majority of things are totally allowed. Um, we, I think that we could kind of figure it out market by market for alcohol and things like that, but the cost of getting permits for each city or locale or state, depending on how it is, is, is a little bit much. So, um, some people do that, but that's kind of just like off our platform and, and basically that any store, um, any kind of service that you would want to do is fine. And then basically the big ones are alcohol, tobacco, um, are, are the ones that are limited. So Joel, when do you pay for the order that's coming through a dumpling credit card then, or? Uh, how do we make our money? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, oh. if I go to the store and I'm going to pay for 300 bucks worth of groceries, that's on oh. a credit card? Yeah, or? so that's another big thing that we do is we provide a dumpling. Um, actually, I think technically we have to call it a charge card now, uh, not oh, a credit card. Yeah. I thought I had but mine with me, but I was going to show you my a, black card. Yeah, it's a, it's a dumpling <laughs> card. And then a, a lot of what our team has built, which is really credible, is like funding mechanism. So as you get an order, your card is funded. Um, and so that way you don't have to front. That was another early on a really big um, kind of a challenge for people when we used to ask, you know, hey, why, why do you keep working for Instacart? You know, like, or like, I don't have the technology to do it. I don't have the money to go front $300 for multiple orders a day. Uh, and so that's another thing that we do is we, we give you a card and when you get an order, it gets funded. Um, and then you go do it. And then basically on the back end of things, the way we do it is we, we kind of, charge a, a whole we place a hold on the customer's mm -hmm. credit card 
And that allows us actually to do a lot of like fraud detection and make sure the credit card's good and, and also then be able to kind of just be able to charge it later. Um, and then you go and shop with the card, you attach, let's say you went to two stores, you went to Costco and you went to King Supers, you, you attach those receipts. Then the invoicing is automatically calculated for you because it's based on percentage or, or flat fee and all of that. You hit charge and then we we basically charge the customer's card for that amount and then take you know, like the money to pay back the groceries, take the credit card processing fees and do that, take your earnings and put it into your account. And then also for our platform fee, which is where we make our money that, that comes to us. So kind of all of the splitting of the money and everything happens on the back end and, uh, and then do the automated receipts and stuff for the, for the customers. But, awesome. but David, let me, let me add this though, too. So like if you, let's say David, you're my customer and every week you order $400 worth of, or $300 worth of groceries and, or whatever you're doing. And so it puts that ghost charge of 10 or 20 bucks or whatever on there. When I do the order, the shop, it goes away. But that's that's what he's talking about for the hold. But here's the other thing. If like, th say Thanksgiving comes up and you have a bunch of people coming and you have a $2,000 grocery bill, I can call Dumpling and get that approved. Yeah. All I can the go over the, the norms. To build, not just like a one-off, like, you know, here's a debit card, but a instant... Pulling from one card, using that balance to fund another card, all the errors that happen in between, all of the fraud that can be done and all that. So I know that's not easy. I know it we, sounds we, cool. have an, we have an incredible engineering team. Uh, sure. and, and what they've been able to build and do has been nothing short of, uh, I'm just kind of uh, amazed by it on a daily basis. But yeah, yeah it's, it's complex. We always laugh sometimes. And we're like, man, you could take part of our business that we've built. And you can go and like recreate Greenlight, you know, like the credit card company for for kids. And um, uh, there's just there's so much in each little part of the business that's been developed. But yeah, they've 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 developed uh, just an immense amount of IP and uh, and figuring out how to do those things. And it's 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 really impressive. Yeah, because I know people say, hey, that doesn't sound that hard. I'm like, as somebody who's had to draw some of these things out or try to do these things, like doing it well at scale is is hard. Is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so I have a question on my end, which is, uh, you know, I think for people who are listening here, a lot of people do food delivery. Some people do Instacart. So the obvious, if, if I'm one of the people here and I'm saying, hey, I want to go find customers, right? The obvious one is I make a delivery to a house. Let me go tell them that maybe they can use me in the future. I go deliver a large catering order. Maybe I tell them, hey, if you have anything you need here, here's my, you know, Steve's dumpling page, basically outside of that just direct asking somebody that you're already doing on the trip like what are the best ways you've seen that yeah. people have customers yeah there's and, and steve has had some amazing people uh celeste on the, uh, uh that's out in the jersey shore and how she runs her business and Susie q uh that's uh, um in riverside and Jeez. outside of la she's a, <laughs> they're just like incredible and and i would say those two are amazing examples of like networking within their within their kind of city and their chamber of commerce and with all the grocery stores it, it, their grocery stores are just handing out their cards uh, of of doing these things um you know celeste has partnered and she's on the city uh, chamber of commerce uh, yeah. uh where she lives and every single business like is promoting her and she does like she she's added their stores to say hey i can do delivery for this gym someplace or i can do delivery for this bakery you know and and it's it's incredible the amount of promotion that they do and, and susie q is the exact same way she's she's had stores that outright you know like don't want anyone doing delivery and some of their local you know like local people that are saying hey if you need delivery you need help like Susie Q is out there. Uh, and, and so I think that's, I think that's a big one. Word of mouth is another one. You know, it's, that's, that's my biggest one. People, people always want to like, when they join, they want to do all of this crazy. I'm going to spend all this money marketing on Facebook and doing this and that. And, you know, I, I it's worked for some people for sure, but it just feels like it, it more often than not, it, it doesn't really like spreading this gigantic net out doesn't really, it's not as effective. And so what we've seen is like, hey, you do a really good job. Like when you do get, you know, start, we always kind of say start like with your inner circle of friends and family or a business that you know, do a really good job, get a review, get some things out there. Um, I think that's a, it's a great place to start. I've also found in Facebook groups, there's so many Facebook groups for neighborhoods uh, and, and cities and different things like that. So just a personal post of like, hey, here's, here's who I am. 
I just started this business. I'm going out on my own. I've, I've you know, worked on gig apps for three years and I, I want to kind of go out on my own. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, my business is represented on this platform. That tends to, I think, just being authentic. Um, and there's a profile and, that you can send them to. Yeah. So that you are actually part of it. Yeah. And then I think some people are really good at just saying, Hey, you know, someone's some, you're so good. Thank you so much. Is there anything I can do? I, I would love a referral. You know, if you have anyone that you know that can share. So I, I think people that are, and then it just kind of builds on itself and builds on itself. And, uh, and I, I think that's, that's the way that I've seen it be most successful is, is not like I'm going to go out and market and overnight I got all these, yeah. you know, these customers, but more, I've just, I just do a really good job at what I do and, and just kind of builds and builds. And before you know it, a year later, you have this, a really incredible customer base. It's sort of like, world. you know, there's always like your friends asking, like, I've got a guy or I've got a gal, right? You're always like, I've got somebody for you, basically, right? Yeah. I think absolutely. about that. Like, I've used the same moving company pretty much every move. And if anyone ever asks me about moving, I'm like, I, they're the people. Ask them, yeah. they will touch it. I'm yeah. like, just, you know, go with them, yeah. basically. And, and people want to like support the local, you know, the individual, yeah. the local company. No one wants their money going to, some of these gig companies, you know, and, 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 and they, more than ever now, I mean, I don't know you, I'm sure, you know, Joel, Instacart's paying four bucks an order now. Uh, yeah. We, we always see, there's always a, you know, every time it's like, but we kind of joke, it, it, it's sad, uh, but we kind of joke is like, you can kind of set your watch to every six months to a year. One of these grocery delivery gig companies is going to do something just totally shitty. And, and we're going to, all of a sudden, we're going to be looking at our signups and they're going to go up and we're like, well, what happened? And, and so we're just looking at this and kind of go back to like late July. Sure enough, we had a bunch of like spikes, um, uh, in, in people signing up and starting their own business and you start, doesn't take long. You just do a Google search and you're like, oh yeah, I see Instacart did this. Um, and, uh, it's. It's a, it's it's kind of dumbfounding, but at the same time, it's been so long. It's just an expected thing at this point. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly that that the word of mouth is where it's at. Now, I often talk to Holly. <laughs> uh, Holly yeah, and I do a, a thing every every couple weeks, um, but uh, we, um, you know, she doesn't get that as much. She doesn't see as much um, word of mouth, like from. Like I had one that gave that has now I have three customers from the one or two more, so three total. But she was so hating Instacart that when she found me, she I don't even know if her expectations were that high. She was like, Is this just Instacart kind of thing? <laughs> Is this just Instacart yeah. called dumpling? And I'm like, I'm like, no, not at all. And so I w- walked her through it, you know. And that's another thing. If you're willing to spend a few minutes with these people, they appreciate it on such a level you wouldn't believe. Like, like Joel was saying, I have door codes to people's houses because I prefer not to leave their groceries in the dirt and they don't want me to, you know, they, they're like, you know, can you put it inside? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Where it and let my dog out while you're at it and I'll throw you like a little yeah. bit extra. Um, yeah. And that's, and, and like all that kind of stuff and like anything that is, does get weird. You can, call, you can have the card authorized for it. <laughs> you can contact dumpling and they'll work with you. Yeah. Um, and in fact, um, since we have to hit on the one last yeah. topic, I at least want to touch on Dumpling University because that's a huge thing. I mean, I think like you can, yeah. they can help you like, I'm I'm not getting clients. They literally can help you at that kind of level even. Like if you're like, well, what are they going to do for me? Ever, anything. Yeah. And that's where we, we, we learned that early on too, was it's like, we can provide the technology, we can provide, you know, kind of all these things, but at the end of the day too, there's, there's an element of, you know, and, and I think the thing that we keep talking about, the thing that everyone needs to really provide is the actual person doing the work and, and that, that is everything. But as a supplemental to that, I think there are a lot of people that haven't run businesses before that, that are really, really good at, at being a shopper, incredible at relationships, but maybe they're just not you know, quite used to like selling themselves and comfortable going out and talking about pricing and um, or figuring out how to price or, or kind of like where to start and some of these things. And so that's definitely something that our team has spent a lot of time of just like best practices. You get to talk to so many people and the ones that have been successful and how do we kind of aggregate all those best practices and put that, put that, make that available for people in a way that, that really kind of helps on the, on the side. And, and some of it's not even just business know-how. Some of it's just like you need some, 
uh, confidence, you know, and, and, and a little bit of someone saying, hey, it's okay. Like, it's, it's going to suck and you're going to get a lot of no's. And that's okay. Because think about like for every 10 no's you get, you might get one yes. So be happy with those no's because it's getting you forward. And I think just some of those perspectives are really helpful. And so that's something that the team has really uh, like put together some great content on. And, and I think it's it's really helped as well. And I mean, no questions out of limits either. So you could be super advanced and have a question yeah. or, and, and I mean, I don't know. So, and the, and the people there do dumpling too. So it's not like, they're just like, I don't know. Let, let me tell you about marketing. Like they know the platform they know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, have you tried the, I don't know. And it might not even be their idea that, that is like knocks you on, on, on your back. It might be like that you get an idea off their idea. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, it's just, it's something that no other app offers. No other app does. In fact, they try and avoid training you. They don't want you, you even having videos of training. Cause then you might come back and say, you trained me wrong. They don't, they have so many lawsuits, these big companies, they don't even want to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so um, that's in there too. I do want to talk about the uh, resort. We wrap up here, the vacation grocery delivery. Yeah. I think this is huge. I, I, I view it like the large order program that's failing over at DoorDash. And that's why all these catering apps are popping up um, is because there's more business in, there's more business in catering or there's more yeah. money in catering. There's more money in last mile courier than doing yeah, ride. Share. I, see par- I see parallels there. Yes. Yeah. So it, this is an area of the business that has really been growing for us. And, the, and that our team, as you kind of mentioned with like the, the website change and things like that has been focusing on now for a couple of years. And, and, um, and really, so basically what it is, is that businesses that are doing grocery delivery, but they're also then doing it specifically for people that are coming from out of town and they're staying at a vacation rental house, they're staying at a hotel um, and they want to arrive and they're going to get in and they just, they're going to arrive to a house that's fully stocked. You know, things are on the counter, things are put away in the fridge. Um, and and this is a huge, huge growing um, kind of part of the economy now. I mean, you they, they, similar to kind of all different trends, I think one trend we're seeing is that you know, obviously with the rise of Airbnb and vacation rental sites and things like that, more and more people are, are starting to stay in those types of accommodations. And at the same time, you know, that's taken away from people staying at hotels. And, and, and there were a lot of kind of services built into a hotel. You know, there's a restaurant downstairs, there's a spa, there's, you know, all kinds of things. And so we're seeing basically, a, I would say a little bit of a movement away from kind of uh, the the typical, I'm going to stay at an Airbnb, but like um, everything is for me to then figure out and I got to throw all my, you know, uh, sheets in the in the washing machine and take the trash out and all this stuff. And, and more and more of these companies are starting to offer, I think, kind of services and say, hey, would you like, and this is, you know, very kind of nice, like high-end accommodations at ski resorts or at beaches or uh, in, in cities. If like I'm going to be spending that Austin. kind of money to go on vacation, I don't yeah. want to shop. Yeah. I don't want to go figure out a store in a different state. Yeah. And I, I would and you, just, and that's where it's like, it literally becomes, I'll leave, I'm going to pay you good because I yeah. would love to get there and have it stocked. Exactly. And there's a lot of work to be done in terms of, Hey, you have to actually, if you're doing the grocery delivery, you have to reach out and get in touch with the property managers and Holly knows this and get the entry code. Uh, and the, those people need to trust you to come into their million dollar homes and, uh, and have everything going, going really well. And, and so over the years, we had seen a lot of our, you know, uh, dumpling people that were using kind of our core dumpling platform starting to be successful in this space. And we saw that at Disney World, we saw that at beaches, we saw that in, in some ski resorts. And, and Steve, you had mentioned that you saw a, a Littleton, Littleton uh, yeah. person and, <laughs> and John Miller, who joined our team a couple of years ago. Um, his background was he, he actually started one of the first and most successful vacation-based grocery delivery companies in Vail and Aspen. And he was doing it before any, he talks about this. He's like, I was doing it before anyone really knew what grocery delivery was because he moved out to, to Vail um to, to, to snowboard in aspen and uh was delivering pizzas for Domino's to the ritz carlton and things like that and 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 this is i guess back in 2002 he obviously can tell a story a lot uh better than i can but how then people are like in, hey, how did how did he afford to live in vale working for Domino's? 
I don't think I, I think this is probably a lot of his motivation on starting his own company. But you fast forward and he turned it into a gigantic uh, a company for uh, doing vacation grocery delivery. So kind of delivering to people coming from out of town, fully stocking their, you know, like their places at the Ritz Carlton or really nice places. And, and so uh, he did that for 15 years and then ended up selling his business um, to a to a resort holding company. And then we hooked up a couple a couple of years ago after he had taken a break and he said, "Hey, you know, there's there's no one really focusing on you know we had we had had success and we were trying to figure out how to get like make it easier because there were a lot of challenges with using our core platform for someone that wants to schedule two months out, you know, and and all kinds of different things and 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 there was there was a lot of overlap but also a lot of very unique needs for uh, vacation grocery delivery. And so he's joined the team and it's been it's been unbelievable to kind of learn from his experience doing vacation grocery delivery, marry that with our experience doing grocery delivery and ordering and kind of creating a platform. And so we started doing that a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I think that also has like a lot of these businesses have a lot of employees and they have to scale up and scale down with the busy season. So we've really been able to kind of build on our platform and customize it towards the things that are very needed and unique of, hey, when I'm placing an order, I have to give you, you know, the the, the property manager contact information. I need to tell you when I'm coming. And oftentimes it's like there's there's all different types of information that, that you need to be able to do and check out. You don't know what the store is because you're coming from out of the country or you don't care what the store is. Um, and, and so that's been an area that we've really invested in. It, it's, it's worked really, really well. We're seeing it grow like crazy. And, and so we found it's a really nice kind of uh, addition to our business that leverages so much of what we've been doing for the last five, six years. I think it's super so smart because I only ever use Instacart for one use case ever, which is we have like a team off site or like the team's meeting somewhere, you're gonna have like eight people in the house or six people in the house and you want the fridge to be stocked. And that's the only time we ever use Instacart and there's always this awkward, who's gonna be there first? We order it for some time. The food's gonna be left outside. If the first person who arrives plane is late, then the food's just out there for five hours basically. Yeah. So actually that, that use case. Okay. Let, us, let us know next time you have your offsite. We'll uh, maybe make that a little bit better experience. We'd love to. <laughs> so, so, so that we can wrap this up, I know that there's probably a ton of questions because there have been people in and out and we've been running around, you know, there's different streams going and I see that there's a handful of people. But Holly and I next week, we do it every other week, but next week we are doing one prior to um, Thanksgiving. If you do have any questions about the resort stuff, the percentages and all the stuff that we don't need Joel to be here for, Come come watch us next Tuesday on Holly's channel and we can get into those kind of questions. We were having Joel here more to just explain the like give you guys the heart of dumpling. You know, it's it's I think we covered a lot, but I mean like it it is a true IC thing. There is a marketplace where people can find you. Um, you know, you you word of mouth is big. You set your prices. This is this is your job. I mean, we all say we're ICs. David and I have talked many times. I think I've said this with you too, Joel. I think it's undefined. I don't think that I think they screwed up by letting the legislation come before the definition of an app-based gig independent contractor. Because I yeah. don't like you were saying, a lot of people don't know how to run businesses. If if that's the case, then nobody would be independent contractors because to be one, you need to know how to run your own business. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, I, I think that's one of the things I've been really impressed with when we talk about the office of labor standards in Seattle and a lot of the legislation that's been passed through the city council is kind of saying, let's not focus on the, if someone's an independent contractor or not, because obviously we've learned a lot over the years with different legislation and let's just focus on like the type of work they're doing and what they're doing and, 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 try to pass laws that protect people from that standpoint, because if you get too defined in one thing or the other, um, it, it either leaves a lot of people out or it doesn't apply to people and you're trying to push something that doesn't make sense. And so um, it's, it's been really neat to see kind of how, how the, how that's evolved to catch up to your, the point that you're making, which I think is a really valid one. Yeah. Um, so um, David, do you have a last question for Joel? Cause we should wrap this up, but um... Yeah, do you have a last question for Joel before I before I wrap this up? No, I don't really not more a question, just more so I just love the way that you view this work. I, I mean, 
look at if you guys know me and you know David and that we and what we stand for, Joel stands for those same things. It's like the three of us up here are the transparency people. <laughs> like we're the ones, I mean, there are others, but we're the ones who really shove it down your throat. Like you are owed transparency. Yeah, and really if nothing that, else. I just love the way that you've built the platform. And you know, I'm beyond that also the advocacy work that you're doing. It's just thank you, I guess. Is so, that so yeah, again. Uh, um, that's what I'm saying. Same type of things we're doing too. I mean, he talked to Stephanie for an hour and a half to try and, you know, give her his, you know, I don't even know what you guys talked about, but I'm sure it helped her. <laughs> you know? Well, it was, it was helpful for me too. It's really cool to hear the things that she's fighting for and all the, all the, all the conversations and things she, she's learned from you guys as well. So it, it was a fun conversation. Um, and I, I will say this one thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for me to be here talking about this because our entire team feels this way. I think one of the things that, that and David, I'm guessing you, you have the same dynamic at your team. Um, it's, it's, it's really easy when you have a company full of people that are like super passionate about this. And it's like the, the combination of how do we make a successful company and do these things. And at the same time, Hey, they could be working in a lot of different places and they choose to work at Dumbling because they really believe in, um, kind of the, the fight that, that I think we're all on, on the good side of. So. Now, before, before I, I'm going to, I'm going to sign us out right now, but that's uh Ron Dasher life Hawaii. He was just written. He was written up not too long ago for making over a hundred thousand doing gig work on the islands. You mentioned Hawaii earlier. Hawaii is available. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We yeah. have quite a few so, people in Hawaii and yeah. Um, on both the resort side and of course on just, the, cause I could see that uh, being a big thing for him, side. you know, absolutely. Because he he actually does he's dealing with these people all the time and it's a constant flip in Hawaii I guess so it's just I imagine yeah you know so I guess with that also I just wanted to maybe bring up Luis I'm not sure if you know Luis who runs Delivery TV Steve maybe you give a uh, uh, yeah yeah so Joel Luis is um he runs he runs a channel that's probably bigger than any of the other YouTube channels to be honest I mean you might be going well how because you know how have I not heard of him. He um, is the Spanish community. So they almost all of them speak Spanish. And I was even asking him because he has a big event coming up that, um, you know, like he, he, I don't know, he's got 70, 80,000 subs and it's very active when wow. he goes live. It's very active, but they, most of them aren't even second language English. They just speak Spanish. So I don't know if there's something oh, there awesome. that, you know, if he's in Houston, I don't yeah. know if like that well, I, starts no, turning no, in wheels. That, so that, no, absolutely. Cause I, I think that that's one of the really beautiful things about kind of the, the, the approach that we're trying to take is that you build your own network. So we have people in Houston that are, you know, like just tapped into their Argentinian, you know, uh, communities, the Venezuelan communities, right. It's like the ability to know who your customers are for them to get you every time to go shop at your specific type, you know, store um, is, is a really big one. So I, I think, with it within any kind of demographic and and thing the ability to kind of serve your community and for your community to like always be able to get you uh is is a really big thing so i i uh, think yeah so i totally think that would be a great fit yeah and the, and the last comment i will make too that like yes the 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 card from dumpling covers whatever you're charging but you out of your money are able to and i've done this a couple of times not because i did anything wrong but you're able to, being your own boss, take some money off if they wanted three stores and it seemed like the charge was a, a decent amount. I've taken a chunk off as like, oh, don't worry. I, you know what? I'll knock one of the store charges off. And then I get double the tip. So they're like, they paid for it twice anyway. It's like, thank you. And then, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's truly running your own business. Um, we've hit our hour here. We've kept Joel over. Um, so you guys, we are going to end this, but I want to thank Joel as always. Um, I know I've spent hours on just phone calls with Joel too, sometimes personal, sometimes business, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a great guy. The company reflects his person is how I see it. Um, it's, it's just a company I like to work with. You know, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of apps do I like to work with. Most of us just plug away at some apps and are like, well, it feeds me, you know, or I, I'm getting some money off it, but they're not loving it. It's not a passion. Nobody has a passion for DoorDash. Like a love affair kind of thing, you know, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <clears throat> but Joel, thank you again for your time. Um, yeah, I'm really glad that you got into this lineup of CEOs and stuff that we're doing before the end of the year because 
it's that uh, we really want to point out the good people. And we, I feel like you and David have needed to meet forever. And now you have, and, and, and we're all on the same page. So hopefully in this new year, I think, and I was saying this before the show, I think there's going to be a lot of new trends and I think there'll be ups and downs though. Don't, don't view that as everything's going to get better. I'm not giving you tips about like, Oh, everything's going to get better. And no, I think there's going to be ups and downs, but I think overall it might be the small guys year. I like that. That would be you know, a, that would be a nice change for sure. It would. And, uh, no, always always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me and David. Really nice to meet you. And I like I was saying, it's, it's, I felt like I met you and watching the show and different things, but nice to officially do so. So yeah, really, really impressed okay. with what you guys are doing too. Everybody that's watching, thank you for watching on all the different platforms. We are on Facebook. We are on two YouTubes. Um, we are on Twitter. We are on Twitch, and uh, we will not be here next week. Um, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, we are back on Thursday, November 30th with Matt Spoke, the CEO and founder of uh, Moves. So until then, but we, oh, I do have a show next week though that will premiere. So don't, even if you can't catch it right at this time, this is when it will premiere, the normal time, but catch it. I won't tell you what it is. I'm putting something together, but we have Joel or, or we have Matt on the 30th. And uh, you guys be safe, earn smart, have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we will see you back here soon. Joel, if you can stick one minute with us. Um, no problem. Okay, guys, have a good one. Be safe. We'll see you soon. Happy holidays.